Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Mark Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, Tractor Zoom delivering insights. That's a great place to see what's happening in the auction market with, with their product, Iron Comps. Uh, they have about 500 different auction companies that, that uh, send them information about what's going on. And uh, they accumulate all that and they put it into a nice, one, easy, a nice, easy place for you to check and see what's going on there. So if you like that product and you said you want to move forward with it, um, use it. Moving Iron at checkout, and you get yourself a discount. Chip is with Blue Roof Agri Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and he's nice enough to come on once a week to talk about what is going on in the markets. And Chip, we've got, uh, let's see, we had a wheat tour last week. We had a couple of uh, corn tours are starting to kick up here. So before too long, there'll be three of those corn tours going on across the way. And it looks like a lot of people are hanging their hat on that 175 to 179 range as far as average yield goes so i guess uh, what are your thoughts with that and and what do you see happening out there yeah we've had some really choppy trade here casey and you know part of it is uh, outside markets uh, like you said part of it is just a a general weariness man this market is worn out you know i mean we've had a starting with the uh, brazil second crop corn you know several months ago we've been in a weather market for like three months now it seems like and these weather models just they flip flop every six hours and the market is just worn out. And so, you know, on the up days, on the down days, open interest, meaning the total number of contracts out there seems to shrink. So we're just kind of losing interest um, in chopping people up. That's not all bad, right? Because the market's trying to fight mm-hmm. out, all right, what's the demand going to be? What's the size of the crop going to be? The next five or six weeks weather is still going to matter in August and, you know, maybe first week or 10 days of September, um, especially on the beans. So we're kind of transitioning, in my opinion, from here's what the supply is. You kind of nailed, I think the market's thinking, you know, or just maybe just a touch below trend line yields on corn, uh, maybe at slightly below on beans, but that's still up in the air with August weather. But then you have to figure there's a lot of things going on in the world with the Brazil second crop corn situation, the drought down there, that crops end up way less than expected drought in Canada, drought in the Dakotas. 
there's dry weather in in Russia. Their wheat crop is shrinking, and so the the world stock situation for corn, beans, wheat is shrinking. And we're the only source for corn and beans for sure. And we're very competitive in wheat for the next six to nine months. And and so I think we continue with this sloppy trade. But big picture, I think we're kind of starting to develop, you know, what should be a demand-led bull market as you go forward, particularly post-harvest and on into winter and early spring of uh, next year. Okay. So as you're looking at those outside markets, talk about Brazil for a little while and what's happening there. I mean, it seems like there are um, numerous reports that come out there that were every day that they're, they've lowered the you know, the estimated corn crop and, and same with a little bit in Argentina, a little bit you've seen that, but they've also had a pretty strong run in wheat. But I guess as you take a look at, at what's going on in Brazil, do you really think that there's much the more there that could really overall affect the uh, overall trade that's going to be a, a big shock to anyone? Or do you feel like it's going to have to be more wait and see uh, what happens with our crop and then throw that on top of what's going on in Brazil? Well, I think the Brazil thing is, still a work in progress. Um, and it just continues to shrink. Right. I mean, we had uh, a firm, uh, it was yesterday or day before that came out and they were estimating the export situation in Brazil. And they came out with 17 million tons. That was 18 million tons below a year ago. And so put that in perspective, that's uh, somewhere around 900 million bushels. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and it's, you know, they don't even know the final size of that crop. That's just an estimate at this point. Wouldn't surprise me if that doesn't shrink as you go forward. Uh, there's even been some talk that, you know, it's possible they could, uh, actually import some corn from the United States into Brazil. So, you know, I think that's still a dynamic, uh, ongoing situation. Um, you know, it's very dry in Argentina. There, uh, you've, you've also got a, a port strike, not a port strike, a trucker strike in Argentina. They're having to, um, offload, uh, rail in beans and top off, um, you know, barges and, and ships because it's so dry there. Their, their main river is like lowest on record. And so they can't load those ships as full as they would normally with higher water. And so the truckers have a little bit of uh, leverage right now. So you got a trucker strike in, in Argentina. Uh, so dry weather there, that doesn't just get fixed overnight, right? Some of that flows in from Brazil. But the you know, point being, you've got some really erratic um, weather, weird weather in the Southern Hemisphere. And you know, as we go to harvest, they're going to start getting ready to plant. And it's less than ideal right now. The market's not talking about that yet. It's very rare you have a back-to-back weather problem in the Southern Hemisphere. But, uh, you know, that's a possibility this year. Uh, this Brazilian situation has been really weird. So you got weather thrown in there. You've got drought in Canada. That's yeah. still ongoing. Um, that makes uh, a difference on the world feed grain situation. You know, they raise oats up there. They raise... Uh, spring wheat, uh, you know, a lot of different crops up there. They've already imported a little corn from us, uh, which is a little bit odd. And so, you know, this thing is 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 shrinking up as far as the 
stocks were definitely on a downward swing in particularly feed grain stocks, wheat, corn, and, and other minor feed grains. And it's been a while since we've seen that. The world demand is still pretty strong. And, you know, that's a good combination to be in. Uh, that's where you want to be positioned with the uh, only country with those stocks when the, the rest of the world's hungry. So that's the way it looks right. like it's kind of shaping up here. It doesn't mean you can't go lower. Um, but I think anything lower, you know, maybe into harvest is is going to be temporary because when you have these weather situations, the drought in Brazil, drought in uh, Canada, Northern Plains, it takes people, end users in particular, by surprise. And I don't think there's enough coverage in there. And so I think they're waiting. The demand hasn't been real great because I think they're waiting and hoping with bated breath that the market drops into harvest and they get a chance to buy some stuff at a, at a cheaper level than where it's at today. They right. may or may not get their, you know, their hope, but I think that's right. what's going to happen. And, you know, the last two weeks now on Thursdays, our export sales have been pretty good on new crops. So you're, at the stage in the calendar where that demand starts shifting back to us and it's right on time. And it, you know, just kind of is slowly building. We sold some beans this morning, 300,000 tons of beans, unknown. So our demand's starting to pick up a little bit and it, it, it almost, I think eventually is going to kind of overwhelm even what the supply is, uh, because I don't think we have north of a trend line yield and, in corn. I don't think that's possible given how dry it is. I think we'll struggle to be north trend line in beans, but the next few weeks will still tell. So if we end up a little bit below trend line and this demand stays strong, it just tightens things up, up even further. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too bold up, but, um, you know, I think there's way more upside risk than, than downside. And I think it's going to stay choppy, but I think the brakes will be bought and you'll transition here over the next several weeks. Uh, you know, from kind of this weather, you know, supply market to a demand, just grind this thing. And, you know, we're the only game in town as far as exports go. Right. All right. Let's talk box beef here for a second. This is the, uh, <clears throat> well, it, it's been on a tear here the last two, three weeks is what we see with that. And <clears throat> cattle prices seem to be kind of rebounding there a little bit as well, right, right along with that box beef price. So, I mean, take a look at that ship and tell me what you make of that. Yeah. So <clears throat> demand in, uh, on the beef side is, is, is really good. Our exports have been hit or miss, but in general, our exports are going to be record demands really, really good. Uh, box beef has turned quite a bit higher. It's actually started to drag the cash market along with it. Uh, cash was a, a buck or at least a buck higher there this week. It looks like maybe two in some areas. And so cattle on feed report from two weeks ago was, was pretty friendly. Uh, the drought in the West has caused, um, you know, right at record cow liquidation and slaughter. So we're shrinking these numbers. The heat has brought the, you know, this past summer has brought the weights down. And so, um, you know, I think on the, on the beef side, the cattle side, things look, uh, pretty solid. Um, doesn't mean we'll go straight up. Just like today, you know, we were down pretty hard today. Uh, uh, I think you're going to see those periods where, you, you know, it's kind of two steps forward, one steps back type of a thing in, in cattle. But uh, I think things look pretty good out into winter and early spring. And, you know, things are tightening up. Demand's good. Box beef is starting to rally. And uh, in my opinion, you know, things look 
fairly good on the on the cattle side of the equation, although it probably won't be straight up. Casey, you really garbled on me. There you go. There you go. Can you, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? There we go. There we go. You're back. You're back. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. All right. No problem. All right. So now let's take let's take care of talk about uh jump back in here now. All right. I support prices in the same way. You know, cutouts took a big smack yesterday. You look at what happened there, and um, you know, cast hogs climbed um, a little bit uh, yesterday too. But there seems to be a back and forth there with the pork price. And is, you think a lot of that's driven by the scare of what's happening in the Dominican Republic as far as um, AFS goes? Uh, I think I think it's not helping for sure. Um, you know, that's pretty close to home, right. and so. You know, hopefully it doesn't come here, uh, but I, yeah, I think we still have a little bit of PTSD as far as that uh, announcement uh, of African swine fever in uh, in the Dominican Republic. And I think some of this is is calendar related too. You know, we're here in the first week in August. You look uh, at the last thirty years, and that's a lot of times uh, about the peak in uh, in the cash hog market. You saw the uh, you know the cutout really implode yesterday, and so I think some of this is kind of seasonal calendar-based selling. Now that the difference is, you know, we're still struggling with some disease issues here of our of our own. I don't think we straightened out the PERS situation. You've got, you know, the lean index sitting here about 112 and October hogs at a little over 87. So I don't know that there's a ton of downside in here, but at least from where we're at on the calendar and the and the cut out head and lower and you know this asf scared dominican republic gives the market a good excuse to to have sold this most recent rally and you know again i don't know that's got a lot of legs you know ten dollars to the downside necessarily but for the time being um you know we, we're seeing some pressure I, I think we got about four days left i believe on the on the august contract which is sitting at 109.50 roughly versus the lean index at you know somewhere 112 or just south so once the august gets off the board let's just say you take a little bit off the lean index and it's sitting at 110 well you got october hogs sitting there with a you know 20 plus dollar discount so i think that that will help support us a little bit um especially if this thing breaks a little further but a lot of volatility there uh in, in the hogs recently limit up limit down I think that'll probably continue, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of move. Plan in place, Chip. So folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you guys do at Blue Refactor Marketing. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is just call us at the office, 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, uh, extremely important to have a plan and execute on that plan. And, and, you know, you can't use the volatility to your advantage if you don't have a plan and execute on it. So, uh, we'd love to chat with you. 
Right on. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, go to movingironllc.com, and you'll find all the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as any blogs I have written will be posted there as well. Um, Moving Iron Summit's coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee. That You have about, I don't know, probably about a week to kind of make that decision if you want to come to that. And if you want to come to that, check that out on movingironllc.com, and you'll be able to see um, agendas, speakers, uh, hotel and, and meeting registration information, uh, as well as um, all the different sponsors and stuff that will be part of that. So make sure you check that out. If you have any questions about that, hit me up at Moving Iron Podcast, movingironpodcast.com, and I will get back to you with the information that you need. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's move some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving